Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to a podcast from the pool. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. This week, the pool is celebrating its third birthday, which means three years of Dear Viv questions and answers. So today's episode is a look back at some of the classic questions which we've received. First up, toxic friends. They come up so often in the podcast and it's one thing deciding to get yourself out of a toxic friendship and quite another letting the other person know that you're out. I hope this person managed it without too much drama. Dear Viv, I have known my oldest friend for almost 30 years and for much of that time I would have referred to her as my best friend. Up until five years ago, we were inseparable, but luckily we've had some time apart and I can see how toxic our friendship has become for me. I've worked hard to build my confidence and can no longer be around my friend who belittles me, who's relentlessly negative and who never makes an effort in our friendship. I've made excuses for this behaviour in the past because my friend has had a hard life, but I can't do it anymore. I've cut back on my contact with her. I feel good about where I am in my life. But I do know that we have social events coming up where we'll have to meet. So my question is, how do I make it clear to her that I will not be there to prop her up, but at the same time let her know that I do wish her the best? Thanking you. Mmm, reformed friend, welcome. Well, this is a common situation as well, sadly. We've all been here. Uh, So thanks for writing in and giving the opportunity to talk about something that is very hard to talk about, actually, and very few of us do it face to face. Well done on extricating yourself from a supposed friendship that was just making you unhappy. That is not an easy thing to do. So give yourself a pat on the back. The tricky thing here and the thing that really worries me is your desire to say to her that you wish her the best. I'm not sure you do wish her the best, really. You may sort of wish her the best, but what you really wish is that she play no further part in your life. (laughs) So there's a danger of you wanting your cake and eating it here. Your friend is not used to you behaving like this. She's used to you doing whatever she wants. In her eyes, if you do really want the best for her, you'll continue to prop her up and have things continue just as they are. So... In reality, you might have to accept that she is never quite going to accept this situation and you need to proceed accordingly, which is to say with great caution. 
You need to show your friend how to behave towards you now. And to some extent, this might mean being a bit cruel to her. You definitely need a plan if you're going to be at these social events together. You need to work out what you're going to do if she tries to draw you into a conversation. My advice would be to listen, smile and nod a lot, but say as little as possible and get away as soon as you can. Don't try and engage her in conversation or put across your side of the story because she is never going to listen to you. I do wonder, though, whether you need to go to these social events at all. Wouldn't they be a good opportunity for your friend to move on, see that things have changed and find other people who can prop her up? Because believe me, just because you're not in her life anymore, she isn't suddenly going to go, oh, I don't need propping up at all. She's going to be looking for new recruits. Why not just give her the space to do that and give yourself a break? Sorry, I'm a bitch, I know, but I'm just thinking of you. That's my excuse anyway. Our next question is another classic one about negativity. Women particularly seem to suffer so much from feeling negative about themselves. There are lots of small tools you can use to deal with this. But of course, if it's a real problem, it's always a good idea to ask for professional help. Dear Viv, I know deep down that I'm being irrational, but every time I'm enjoying something, say a meal out with friends, I end up analysing the situation over and over afterwards until I'm drowning in negative thoughts. At a party last night, I had a great time. I talked to old friends, introduced myself to new people, danced. But all I could think once I had left was, what's wrong with me? Why does no one like me? I'll never find a boyfriend. I'm probably insecure because my friends spent the majority of the party talking about their sex lives and I've been single and sex free for two years. But I still can't help but beat myself up. I hate that I can't just enjoy things for what they are. How do I break these negative thought patterns? Oh, dear person who is liked by no one, will never find a boyfriend and who can't enjoy anything. Welcome to the human race. You are totally normal. These hellish situations and feelings and racing thoughts you describe are, guess what, familiar to all of us. We all have nights out when we know we should be grateful that we're having a lovely time. Instead, we torture ourselves thinking, why did I say that? And we all have times in our lives when it feels like we're the odd one out and everyone else is having a much better time. So I guess the most important question to ask here is how serious is your problem? Are these thoughts really affecting your life? Are they only in your mind or are they making you consider cancelling social engagements or affecting your friendships, for example? Let's assume to start off that they're in your mind. You just need to make a concerted effort to change what therapists call your self-talk. One technique that comes highly recommended is giving a cartoon voice to these negative thoughts so that you can see them for the pointless caricature that they are. So every time you catch yourself thinking something like, why does no one like me? Say it back to yourself in a silly voice or in a sing song. Why does no one like me? (laughs) This is a reminder that it's just a soundtrack that you probably can't avoid hearing from time to time. 
but you don't have to listen to it or act on it. And you certainly shouldn't take it seriously because it's just silly saying, why does no one like me? Oh, this is a bit of an insight into my mind, isn't it? Uh, if all this, though, is not only in your mind and it's creeping into your life, i.e. it's affecting whether you go out or not, then I would strongly suggest getting in some help. A therapist could really help you manage these negative thoughts in the long term. I'll recommend, as I usually do, welldoing.org, who have a register of therapists. Last but not least, though, this is quite important. You label yourself in passing as single and sex-free for two years, or I would say single and sex-free for two years. That is silly. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's another negative label you've put on yourself. So it's something else that you need to hear in this cartoon voice. Please don't attach that single label to yourself permanently. Instead, enjoy your friends, enjoy your life and enjoy your singledom because once you let go of this voice in your head, (laughs) I predict you will not be alone for long. The most important thing, keep your sense of humour. I feel like you have one, and this will really help you keep this negative stuff at bay. Good luck with it. Often people write into Dear Viv about sticky situations they've got themselves into, and sometimes they write in about a situation which they haven't got themselves into just yet, but are hoping to. On one memorable occasion, a married woman wrote in to me about a crush, seemingly asking my permission to go and snog him. Have a guess at what I advised her to do. Dear Viv, I'm a 36-year-old happily married mum of one, and I have a major, major crush on a man. Not my husband, unfortunately. I want to have a crush on my husband. I know the man in question, brackets swoon, swoon, through a mutual friend, and we find ourselves at the same social events from time to time. I also know his wife quite well. I know, I feel horrible, like I'm cheating just by privately fancying him. The thing is, the crush has been going on for quite a while now, over a year, and it's gone from a bit of harmless fantasising from time to time to something that feels more worrying to me. The amount of time I spend thinking about him has really increased recently and I even found myself orchestrating an event that meant I would see him. I confess I also conveniently made sure I was passing his place of work around the time he might be leaving recently too. I have no idea what I thought would happen if I had in fact seen him. I spend far too much time imagining myself bumping into him. In these fantasies, I, of course, always look totally amazing, not haggard, knackered from being up all night with an insomniac toddler and covered in mashed banana. We then usually start kissing. This is still my fantasy, of course. Then, well, you know. I actually look forward to going to bed so that I can snuggle down and get on with my fantasy. In reality, I think I do a pretty good job of giving nothing away. When we see each other, I manage to behave normally, I hope, and I'm pretty sure no one suspects. Although I do have a sneaky suspicion he might have a similar crush on me. He often blushes and gets a bit awkward around me and I've caught him looking at me quite often. This might all be wishful thinking. I'm enjoying this crush and worrying about it simultaneously. I'm concerned that it's not healthy to have such an obsession with someone who is not my husband. If the man in question was to make a move on me, I can't honestly say that I would manage to resist. 
I also find that I'm not enjoying sex with my husband so much. And sometimes I imagine I'm in bed with the crush when I'm with my husband. This makes me feel like an awful person. And I would never dare admit this to anyone except you, it turns out. I can probably identify why this crush is happening. Life is not much fun at the moment. I love my daughter, aged almost three, immensely, but she's hard work. My career has stalled since I had her, and my husband is working all the hours that God sends. Add to that a difficult year. I lost a baby at six months into a pregnancy, and my mum has been unwell. And I can see why I like taking refuge in my imaginary life with my crush. But this can't go on. I guess my question to you is this. Should I put a stop to this? And if so, how? Before I finish, I just want to add, it may sound odd to you that I started this email describing myself as happily married. But this really is the case, essentially. My husband is a wonderful, kind person, my very best friend and ally. He's had my back through all sorts of ups and downs, and I can't imagine life without him. He's also a great dad. Despite the sex not being earth-shattering anymore, I also still find him handsome and am attracted to him, just not as much as I am to my crush, if I'm being honest. Hoping to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Viv. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for sending such an honest and self-aware letter. You know exactly what's going on in your own head here. The first thing I want to say is that I think anyone listening to this will be sympathetic to you. It's not easy being married. We all know that. Even being happily married is bloody hard work. And anyone who tells you any different is just someone you don't know that well. You have a small child, you lost a baby, and your mum has been ill. Who would blame you for a bit of escapism, perhaps to remind you of the person you used to be before you had all these responsibilities? But I also think anyone listening will be doing what I was doing as I read your email, screaming, don't do it, walk away. (laughs) But you know this already. And I think you just want someone to say that you don't need to feel guilty for having this crush, but you do need to let it go. You've answered all your own questions here, really, without me having to say anything. Uh, As you say, I'm concerned it's not healthy to have an obsession with someone who is not my husband. No, it isn't. I can probably identify why this crush is happening. Yes, you have identified loads of perfectly reasonable explanations. And my husband is wonderful. I can't imagine life without him. I'm still attracted to him. So value him. You're wonderfully attuned to your own thoughts and feelings. And you just need to listen to yourself. I think you wouldn't have written in if you didn't want things to change. I think what you want is to lose this obsession and forget about this man. I think you know you're in danger of doing something reckless or stupid if you don't let go of this fantasy. So you need to be strict with yourself. Find something else to focus on. I know you're busy and you're knackered and it seems like you have no time for yourself. But you are finding time to be obsessed with this man. You need to use that time on something else. Preferably, I think, something selfish and fun that's not going to harm your marriage. Have you found any other time recently to do things for yourself? Maybe by being selfless and running around being a dutiful wife, daughter and mother, you've overstretched yourself and crowded yourself out of your own life. This obsession is your subconscious's way of saying, hello, I have things I want to do too. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you need to answer that call in a way that isn't damaging for your marriage. 
You don't say whether you've talked to anyone else about this, apart from the sex bit. Thanks for confiding. Uh, and I desperately hope you haven't. People often get very caught up in these stories and get especially excited when they can share them with other people. It can seem as if you're caught up in some sort of glamorous drama. Don't fall into that trap. The first thing you need to do, though, is stay away from this man. I have no way of telling how he feels about you, but either way, it's not worth taking the risk. You say that you don't know what you'd do if he made a move on you. I don't think you want to find out. You need to be really strict with yourself. Give up on this piece of theatre that you've invented for yourself and do everything you can to fill your life with other things that make you excited. When was the last time you went on a night out with your friends? When was the last time you went on a brilliant date night with your husband? Is this all the stuff that you've let go? Is this the space that you've filled up with fantasies of a stranger? Claim that space back for yourself because it's precious. Now, about the private fancying and the thinking about him during sex, I don't think these things are crimes. You would not be the first person or the last person to do these things. Clichés exist for a reason, and it is very clichéd. They're based on the stupid things that we all do as human beings. But the thing is, you don't have to live your life as a cliché. You can laugh at yourself without beating yourself up, and you can get on with the life that you want to lead. And I really do think that the life you want to lead is a happy and fulfilled one with your husband, whom, may I remind you, you both love and fancy, not a given in every marriage by any means. It would be so great if we could all have the safe and difficult and supposedly boring bits of our lives, as well as having adventure and risk on the side. But that is not reality, as you well know. The more stressed our lives become, the more we want to escape into something unreal. You've had a lot of real in your life recently. It's no wonder you've been dreaming of a way of getting out. But it's time to wake up and reclaim your own thoughts. I sense you're getting bored of this fantasy, actually, and it's driving you crazy. There's only one way to put a stop to it. Let it go. You're going to have to do this through an act of will. Anytime you find yourself thinking about this man, just tell yourself to stop and make a list of all the things you want to do with your husband and daughter. You say that you would love to have a crush on your husband. Well, what would you have to do to make that happen? You obviously have tons of imagination to have invented this entire life for you and your man crush. Why not adapt that imagination to reworking a perfectly excellent relationship that you already have? I repeat, do not talk about this to anyone and definitely don't talk about this to your husband. I'm only telling you stuff you already know here. One day you will look back on this time and smile at yourself and not feel remotely guilty. Now go forth, move on and crush the crush. You were brave enough to send this letter as a way of putting an end to it. So let that be the end to it. P.S. I really don't think there would be anything wrong with replacing your real life crush with a totally unattainable celebrity crush, if that helps. This might be bad advice, but I have to give it. Otherwise, I'd have to let go of my own imaginary parallel life with Vigo Mortensen. And that would never do. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Another common thing that people write in about very sadly is miscarriage. So many women experience this and end up with feelings of inadequacy or guilt, not to mention the grief. In my three years in counting as Dear Viv, I think the conversation around miscarriage has begun to change and hopefully we're all becoming more open about it. Dear Viv, a close friend of mine is pregnant, which is a wonderful event. However, I'm struggling. I've lost two pregnancies this year after having tried for nearly three years and gone through surgery prior to the first miscarriage. I know that I'm one of a growing number of women facing reproductive struggles and I'm fortunate to have a solid support network, including this good friend. My problem is this. My friend is less than enthusiastic about her pregnancy and every time she shows ambivalence or comments that something about her pregnancy, i.e. midwife visits, is a hassle, I just want to scream, do you know how fortunate you are? I come away from the conversation feeling really flat. I should mention that she's aware of my situation and regularly offers her support, which only makes me feel guiltier. I completely understand that every woman has a right to react to their pregnancy in their own way. And I'm also aware I may be amplifying her comments and texts with my own unhappiness. I don't want to distance my friend during her pregnancy by letting my frustration with her show. Any tips for keeping a positive outlook in this situation? Thanks. Oh, dear positive thinking friend, you sound like a lovely person and your friend is very lucky to have you. But by being so kind to her, you are being pretty mean to yourself. It is so hard when these situations crop up. In order to maintain the friendship, you're having to be pretty masochistic and put all your feelings of envy and covetousness to one side. That is really tough. I'm trying to read between the lines here to figure out what it is that you need. Do you need someone to tell you to see a bit less of this friend? I'll be honest, she does sound a bit tactless. 
Yes, of course, she should celebrate her pregnancy and it is wonderful. But she must have dozens of other people she can do that with. She must know that you've lost two pregnancies in a year. I'm sorry to be harsh, but you'd think that if she was a really good friend, she'd find a way to avoid this subject and and make things easier on you. That said, these things are really hard to navigate in real life. Uh, I wonder if there's even a possibility that she's talking down her pregnancy and having a bit of a moan to try and make you feel better in some kind of misguided way. There are various options here for you and they all slightly depend on the strength of your friendship. Can you have an honest conversation? Tell her how you're feeling and that it upsets you that she doesn't seem to realise how lucky she is. What's the worst thing that could happen if you had this conversation? It might clear the air. On the other hand, you could avoid her for a while. I know you don't want this, but only you can know how upset this situation is making you. If you had a break for a while, you don't need to tell her you're doing this. You might find that you feel differently towards her and be better able to face her after a couple of months. Lastly, though, I wonder if you need someone neutral to talk to. Uh, You can look for a therapist on the website I often recommend, welldoing.org, because there's a real swirl of emotions in your letter, sadness, anger, guilt. They're all completely normal reactions to what you've experienced. And I am so sorry for what you've experienced, by the way. But it would be good to talk them through with a professional. Maybe you're trying so hard to keep a positive outlook that you're not letting yourself work through these feelings and that's not healthy. Lots of love to you. My final selection for this week's compilation is a question about staying motivated in your career. The woman who wrote in is an artist who was at a real low point financially and was wondering how work could combine with her love life or lack of one. What I love most about this question is that the woman emailed back a few months after she submitted the question saying that she'd come through the rough patch and had learnt some valuable lessons from it. Dear Viv, I'm 31 and a critically acclaimed and respected artist. On the surface, it really seems like I have it all, and in many respects I do. I own my own property, I have an exciting creative career where I'm in demand, and I have friends and family who dearly adore me. Even though I'm single, I have every faith that the right relationship will come into my life in due course. But I'm struggling financially and managing everything on a shoestring. This is not by choice. I'm having to juggle about four different projects to make ends meet. I don't have the money to hire help and I haven't been lucky enough to find the representation who might lobby for higher fees for my time and work. I'm spending time meeting with prospective management as well as raising money through grants and making the artwork itself. All this activity eats into my time and compromises my ability to meet someone new. I know I'm on the right path but I just feel like curling up in a ball from anxiety, struggling with having to cope with so much on my own. I try and walk myself out of states where I beat myself up inside from the frustration and failure. I know the answer is to keep going, but sometimes I really can't see the light. I wonder if I will struggle financially and be alone forever, as pathetic as it sounds. To stop would be suicide, but to continue is equally as painful. This isn't a career advice email, more a cry for help in how to cope better. 
I also hope this isn't a self-indulgent artist rant. I suspect that many people are juggling a number of roles and may relate to what I'm saying. Do you have any wise and soothing words? Help. Oh, dear artist, I love your letter so much. Let me say this straight off. You rock. You have done an amazing thing. You are doing an amazing thing. You are yourself an amazing thing. It is absolutely no small thing to build a career, let alone respect and acclaim in the creative arts. Many people give up at the first hurdle and many people give up at the 500th hurdle. Please, please don't give up. Don't give up on your art. Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on your dreams of finding a great relationship. When things are meant to happen for you, they will happen for you. I hear the pragmatism in your letter and that brings me so much hope and joy for your situation. You clearly know that a lot of the success in your chosen career is built on luck and in being in the right place at the right time or knowing the right people. To hold that in mind, keep on working and not become cynical and bitter is a full-time job and I personally have seen many people who are fantastic artists crumble rather than accept this cruel reality. Your letter is the opposite of self-indulgent. You see things clearly and realistically. You're not a moaner or a whinger. You just want to know when all this is going to get easier. <laughs> the thing is, it might and it might not. It might get easier, but you might be in the sort of state of mind that you don't even notice it's got easier. And it might get harder, but you might actually discover that you have more resilience than you ever knew. Let's talk about finance first. It sounds as if you're taking all the right practical steps to improve your situation. It's just not easy. Keep at it. Be tenacious. Have faith. Be dogged. Don't take no for an answer. Knock on every door. Listen to the La La Land soundtrack. Uh, the lyric goes, they say you've got to want it more, so I bang on every door. The story you're living out now has been lived out many times before. Find a way to enjoy this stage of uncertainty and fear and experimentation. It all sounds like it's going in the right direction and you have plenty of proof of the possibility of more future success. Now, as for the partner... Just as you are on the right path with your career, and you know it because you say so yourself, you are on the right path with your personal life. Keep going, keep the faith, keep trying things, keep meeting people. That person is out there. Be hopeful. In a way, this situation is a mirror of your artistic life. It's all about believing in yourself and trusting that there will be a good outcome. You know you can't stop. You know that really. And you sound like a pretty tenacious person to me. Thank God we need more artists like you. Uh, and by the way, you do have to keep going for the sake of other women, for a start, and the sake of other artists. On the days when you're feeling low, maybe think about that. If you can't do it for you, can you do it for others? Everything you do is making it easier for them. You also say it's painful to continue. Yes, it is. This is the struggle. Try and enjoy it. Nothing worth achieving was ever meant to be easy. But there's so much balance and self-awareness and wisdom in your letter. I don't think you need me. <laughs> Listen to your own inner voice because it's telling you the truth. Everything is going to be fine. You can cope with the tough stuff, however much of it is thrown at you. You will come out on the other side. 
please write back with your news. I know there'll be a lot of it. I feel like the thing you wanted me to say in writing this email was this. Don't give up. It's just around the corner. Well, I can say it and I will say it, but I know you already know it in your heart. Don't give up. It's just around the corner. We do love to hear from you, so please do get in touch if you have a problem you think I might be able to help with or if a previous episode has helped you in any way. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.